2 Peter chapter 1 verse 3 says, we can find everything we need to be godly through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. Did you catch that? In other words, it is through your knowledge of God, by means of your knowledge of God, as you grow in your knowledge of God, that you are given everything you need to live a godly life. Well, welcome to the Point of Purity podcast. I'm your host, Steve Etner, author, national speaker, and purity coach for the Pure Man Ministry. This is episode 57, and in this episode, we're going to continue our deep dive into the scriptures to discover not only our purpose in life, but how to successfully and effectively live out that purpose every day of our life. Now, it's important here that we pause long enough to make sure we understand the kind of knowledge that Peter is talking about. Let me repeat 2 Peter 1.3. We can find everything we need to be godly through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. You see, Peter's referring to more than just a, a head knowledge. Knowing God isn't just knowing about him. I mean, if all you have is an intellectual knowledge of God, you're not going to gain what you need to live a godly life. You'll have only gained knowledge, head knowledge. Now, that knowledge will tell you that you should be godly, and it'll even tell you what you need to do to be godly. But it's not going to give you the reason. It's not going to hand you the incentive for the daily discipline that's required for living that godly life. Believe me, I know. I've tried. I began to pride myself on the depths of my knowledge of Scripture. I sought to know more and more of the Bible. And though I was growing in a head knowledge of God's Word, I wasn't growing in my heart relationship with the God of the Word. You see, without the proper heart's motivation to be godly, all of your godly deeds become mere actions that carry no meaning, no purpose other than to fulfill your perceived obligation as a Christian doing your duty, when when your focus is simply on increasing in your Bible knowledge, oh, my friend, your life will become focused around works instead of a relationship. It'll become a burden instead of a blessing. You see, as we truly get to know God on an intimate level, we will trust him with more control of our life. As we surrender self and yield control over to God, That's when we become more and more godly. I'm now doing these things, these godly things, out of a deep desire to please my Heavenly Father rather than a daunting duty to to obey Him. Some people view godliness primarily as a a matter of learning the correct biblical information. what What I mean is this. They believe that if they read enough books, If they attend enough Christian seminars, if they study the Bible enough and accumulate enough data, then somehow godliness will just automatically follow, or or at least it'll become more achievable. Let me be quick to point out that each of the activities I just mentioned has value. I mean, there, there are some great books out there by some fantastic Christian authors. There's wonderful Christian seminars to be found in growing in your relationship with God. And certainly, reading God's Word is always beneficial. Anytime you're pursuing knowledge of the Bible, anytime you're pursuing knowing how to live the Christian life, you're choosing well. 
In 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 2, Peter says that grace and peace is ours in abundance through the knowledge of God and of, our, and of Jesus our Lord. We're commanded to grow in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, 2 Peter 3.18. However, we must realize that there are also those who are always learning but never able to come to acknowledge the truth, 2 Timothy 3.7. The fact is, studying the Bible and accumulating knowledge all by itself can lead to spiritual dryness. You see, if your head knowledge is not accompanied by a change in your life in response to God's truth, then that head knowledge can actually cause you to stop growing. Oh, listen, my friend, beware of becoming so dependent on knowing things that you never work on applying to your life the things that you've already learned. James one twenty two warns us, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves, do what it says. Godliness is living a life that truly glorifies God. Godliness, though, is far more than just increasing in knowledge, even if that knowledge is all biblical. Jesus said in John chapter 5, verses 39 and 40, You diligently study the scriptures because you think that by them you possess eternal life. Oh, these are the scriptures that testify about me, and yet you refuse to come to me to have life. You know, at first glance, it may appear that Jesus is complimenting these people he's talking to. I mean, he says, you're in the word. Isn't that a compliment? You're in the word. That's great. But notice carefully what he's saying here. You see, they were intent on learning and knowing the scriptures. Yes, but why? Their heart's motivation was all wrong. Their focus was on gaining knowledge of the word of God for the sake of knowledge itself. They wanted to appear to others as being very knowledgeable and well-learned in the scriptures so that others would think highly of them. They placed such great value on their head knowledge that they totally missed the Son of God who was standing right there before them. And Jesus was grabbing them by their sanctimonious robes. And he's saying, these are the scriptures that testify about me. You see, they had a head knowledge of God's word, but they did not have a heart relationship with the God of the Word. Godliness does not come simply from having intellectual understanding of the Scriptures. You see, you you can know a lot of biblical truths and principles. You can have a, a lot of passages memorized, and you can know Bible doctrine inside and out. But if you are not living those truths out in your daily life, if you're not living by the doctrine you know to be true, then you are not glorifying God. You're not a godly man. You're not a godly woman, period. Peter says in our text of 2 Peter 1, verse 3, that God's divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness, 2 Peter 1, 3. Now think about this. Since God has the ability to help me glorify him, and my godliness comes only as I gain an intimate knowledge of him. The key then, now watch this, the key then to being godly is to understand what Peter means when he says knowledge of him. What what does he mean by the word knowledge? Well, the word Peter uses here is the Greek word epigenosis. 
It's a word that refers to a thorough participation on the part of the knower, which, which is you, with the object of knowledge, that's God. So the real question here is not how well do you know God's word, but how well do you know God as he's revealed himself to you through his word? See, this knowledge is a knowledge that has a powerful and lasting influence upon the knower. In other words, the knowledge that you have of God is so deep and it is so crystal clear that you are now able to totally comprehend it. It's no longer just a vague grasp of the topic. It's a thorough and exact understanding of the object, God himself. Now, here's my point. God has given you everything you need to live a godly life. And it comes only as you grow in your knowledge, a a deep and intimate understanding of your Creator, your Savior, your Heavenly Father. And the end result of this knowledge is a significant change in the way you think. Now watch this. Because you now begin to truly know God and are gaining a true understanding of Him, you're also beginning to think about Him differently than you used to think. And since your thinking has changed, there is a subsequent change in your behavior. Why? Because what you think becomes what you do. And as your thinking changes, you're going to begin living out that godliness that your, your, your thought process, your brain, is starting to grab hold of. Now, in addition to having the kind of knowledge that Peter's talking about in this verse, there's an intimate experience with that which is being known that that is required here. Let me see if I can explain what I mean. You cannot, now listen to me, you cannot have a surface knowledge of God and expect to live godly. You see, knowing a bunch of facts about God, that's not the same as knowing God. It goes, listen, it goes much, much deeper than that. Let me me give you an example. I will never in my entire lifetime, I will never be able to say, I know Abraham Lincoln. Or I I may have accumulated a vast amount of information about him. I can give you all sorts of interesting tidbits about his life and his leadership, but I don't know him. The best I can say is that I know about him. You see, to truly know him, I would have had to have lived during his lifetime. I would have had to have spent every day of his life under the same roof, observing and conversing with him. That intimate level of experience, that would give me a precise, clear, and exact knowledge of the man Abraham Lincoln. Only then could I say, I know him. Now watch this, watch this. I do, however, have a clear, precise, almost exact knowledge of my wonderful wife, Heather. You see, I've lived with her for over 40 years. I've been under that same roof with my roof with, with my dear sweet wife for over 40 years. And because I have observed and because I have experienced firsthand the things that interest her, the things that excite her, upset her, motivate her, inspire her, I can truly say that I know her. And as a result, now watch this, as a result of that knowledge, That knowledge now has a direct impact on my life, the things I say and the things I do, especially when I'm around my wife. You see, what I know now to be true about Heather has changed the way I think about her. 
That in turn has changed the way I respond to her. Why? Because what I think becomes what I do. Oh, listen, I have grown over the years to love her. And I long with every fiber of my being to please her. And the knowledge that I have accumulated over the years about Heather has had a powerful impact upon me as a man. It's taught me how to live my life in such a way as to keep her interest, to excite her, to keep her from being upset, to motivate her, and to inspire her towards a closer walk with God. But I wouldn't have that kind of knowledge if I didn't invest my time with her. Well, that kind of knowledge is what Peter's talking about in our text. See, Peter's saying that a deep, intimate understanding of God is how we acquire everything we need to live that godly life. Okay, but how does that happen? How do I get to know God better? Think about it this way. The more time I invest with God, the more I'll get to know Him. The more I know Him, the greater the impact teaching me how to live my life in such a way as to please Him. The more I know Him, let me back up a step, the more I invest time with Him and the more I know Him, the more I'm going to want to please Him all the more. However, there is one rather significant problem that I need to put into this mix. You see, in Job 36, verse 26, we read these words, How great is God! Beyond our understanding, the number of His years is past finding out. Here's my point. Scripture declares that God is beyond our ability to know. We cannot be thoroughly acquainted with Him. He's beyond our understanding. Now, to make things even more interesting, when Job said that God is beyond our understanding, he wrote that in what's called the imperfect tense. The imperfect tense expresses something that is incomplete. And, watch this now, it's not possible to ever totally complete. This means that apart from God's divine intervention, apart from God stepping in and intervening, our knowledge of Him is and always will be incomplete and therefore imperfect. Job chapter 11 verses 7 through 9 says this, Can you fathom the mysteries of God? Can you probe the limits of the Almighty? They are higher than the heavens. What can you do? They are deeper than the depths of the grave. What can you know? Their measure is longer than the earth and wider than the sea. Job 11, 7 through 9. A few chapters later in Job 37, verse 23, it says that the Almighty, referring to God, the Almighty is beyond our reach. The Apostle Paul says that God is the blessed and only ruler, the King of kings and Lord of lords, who alone is immortal, who lives in unapproachable light, whom no one has seen or can see, 1 Timothy six fifteen and 16. Here's the bottom line. It's impossible to know God on our own. We just can't. In fact, Romans chapter 3, verse 11 tells us that there is no one who seeks after God on their own. Add to that the fact that man is a sinner, and we see it becomes absolutely necessary that if God is to be intimately known, he must be the one to start the process. All right, let's pause here for a moment in this podcast, in this episode, and 
Let's, let's summarize what we've discovered so far and make sure everyone's on the same page. God created you to glorify Him. That's your primary purpose in life. 1 Corinthians 10.31, whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all to the glory of God. God created you to glorify Him. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 9 says we're to make it our goal to please Him. That should be your driving force every moment of every day to bring honor and glory and, 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 and joy and praise and worship to God, to please Him. But in order for that to happen, God has also given you everything you need to do that, to fulfill your purpose. In other words, it is genuinely possible to glorify God in every aspect of your life, every moment of every day. All right, let me repeat what I just said. Watch this now. Listen closely. It is genuinely possible to glorify God in every aspect of your life, every moment of every day. How? This happens only as you get to know God intimately and personally, as you dive deep into the scriptures and discover who he is and how much he loves you. And yet, and yet, scripture is clear. God is far beyond our ability to fully know and completely understand. And so I come back to a point I made a few moments ago in order for me to fulfill the purpose of my creator. The bottom line is God must choose to reveal himself to me. I can't know him unless he chooses to reveal himself. Well, here's the exciting thing. You ready for some great news? We can positively conclude that God did just that. Otherwise, Peter would be lying as he says in 2 Peter 1 verse 3 that, his, that, that, that God's divine power has given us everything we need for godly life through our knowledge of him. God, listen, God has revealed something of himself to us through the Bible. And as a result, we can intimately know our creator and our father because he has given us his spirit to teach us as we read the scriptures. You see, the Bible is the very word of God. In 2 Timothy 3.16, Paul writes, all scripture is God-breathed. It came from the very mouth of the Almighty God himself. Peter tells us in 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 21, that men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. Now, the purpose of this episode is not to go into a deep theological discussion on the doctrine of bibliology. But it is important to our episode, it's important to the podcast, it's important to our ministry that we clearly state and that you clearly understand that the Bible is God's Word. It is God's revelation of Himself to man. So, watch this now. To get to know the God of the Word, you must be in the Word of God. For it is there, within the pages of Scripture, that we discover who God is. And it is there, within the pages of Scripture, that we find everything we need to live a godly life. Furthermore, the Bible tells the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, and it does so without error. Now, why is that so important? I want you to consider this. If the Bible were to contain even just a few minor errors, 
We could never be sure that our understanding of God, our understanding of Christ, heaven, hell, sin, salvation, we could never be sure that we have a complete and total understanding and that that understanding is correct. But the fact is, we are to live our Christian lives by every word that comes from Scripture. Don't take my word for it. Jesus said in Matthew 4, 4, man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. So listen to me closely, my friend. If even one word of scripture was in error, then we should not trust any of it. Ah, but don't fret. God is true. God breathed out the Bible, 2 Timothy 3.16, and therefore, because God is true, the Bible is true all of it. So if you're going to be serious about living a life that glorifies God, a life that deeply and intimately understands your creator, then you need to roll up your sleeves, grab your shovel and pickaxe, and begin digging into the word of God. That's where you're going to find your answers. The Bible, my friend, the Bible is the solid foundation upon which we must build our godly lives. Let's listen again to 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 3. Listen, God's divine power has given you everything you need for life and godliness through your knowledge of him who called you by his own glory and goodness. Only God can give you what you need to live a godly life that honors and glorifies him. And here's the exciting thing. You ready? The exciting thing is that his power, his divine power, has already provided you with everything you need to live that godly life. And he provided it all within in his word, the Bible. You'll find everything you need as you open the pages of Scripture. You'll find everything you need as you read your Bible, as you study it, as you meditate upon it. And then, and then, as you grow in your knowledge and understanding of God, as you grow in your intimate relationship with him, then through the Holy Spirit, you'll be taught, you'll be helped to learn how to live a life that truly glorifies Him, a life that is genuinely godly. Oh, my dear friend, God has given you a new mind, a new nature, and a new heart. You are fully equipped to live a godly Christian life. So don't don't sit here listening and say, oh, I really want to. I, I, I wish I could, but I, I, I'm such a horrible, wicked person. I do such horrible, wicked things. Uh, there, there's no way that I can live a godly Christian life. Yes, you can. Let me repeat the statement I made just a moment ago. God has already, his divine power has already equipped you with everything you need. He's given you a new mind, a new nature, and a new heart. You can live a godly Christian life. And I submit that in order for that to become a reality, listen to me now, watch this. You need to quit trying to live the Christian life. Yes, you heard me correctly. Let me repeat it. You need to quit trying to live the Christian life. You can't do it in your own power. No one has the knowledge. No one has the ability to be godly on their own. What is godliness? Godliness is God living him, his life through you. It is you stepping out of the way and allowing God to, to shine forth. You can't do that in your own power. Only as you are yielded to, only as you are reliant upon the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, as he uses the word of God to guide you, only then 
Will you become a godly man or a godly woman whose daily life is truly glorifying our Lord? Listen, the bottom line is this. Being in the Word of God is critical to living a life that glorifies God. So I want to encourage you, come back next week for our our continuing study in the Scriptures on how to fulfill our purpose in life, because we're going to start looking at how to build upon the right foundation. How How do I build a life that consistently, daily glorifies God? So I look forward to talking with you in our next episode on that very topic. But until then, if this Point of Purity podcast has been a blessing to you, if, if as you've been listening to each of these episodes, they've been ministering to you, they've encouraged you, they've challenged your walk with Christ, would you please do two things for us? First, would you please pass the word on to your family and friends about this podcast? You're our marketing team. Would you please join us and help us grow our listening audience and thus increase the ability to speak God's truth into the hearts of men and women all over the globe that need to hear the message of hope and healing and restoration through a right relationship with Christ as presented in the scriptures. And then second, I ask that you would give serious, prayerful consideration about joining our team of Point of Purity Partners. We want to impact our world by equipping and training men and women how to live in purity, how to live godly lives, how to be men and women of integrity. Your tax-deductible financial support of any amount to this ministry will go a long way toward helping men and women find the victory and the freedom that only Christ can and will give them. If you're interested in supporting this ministry, whether it's a one-time gift or an ongoing monthly gift, to give your tax-deductible gift to this ministry, simply go to thepuritycoach.com. That's all one word, thepuritycoach.com. And in the upper right corner, you'll see a donate button. Click that button and you can give to this ministry. Thank you so much for partnering with us, not just financially, but through prayer as well. And if you've not yet subscribed to this podcast, let me encourage you, do so today. You don't want to miss any of our upcoming episodes. So until next time, this is author, speaker, and purity coach Steve Etner reminding you that if you're going to glorify God in your everyday living, He must first be glorified in your every moment thinking.